Welcome to another day with Jesus. The power is where it's always been. The Word of God is alive. You are listening to challenging devotions and heart-inspiring conversations with Pastor Prigi and Rajmi Varghese. Visit www.pastorprigi.com for more resources. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Saturday specials with Pastor Prigi. And like last Saturday, we're doing a question-answer session with him. And uh, last time, we couldn't take up more questions. So this time, we'll be continuing with the remaining questions that we had. And if you want to write to us with your questions, you can do that. Uh, write to us an email at info at pastorprigi.com or contact us through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So, Pastor Prigi, I have a lot of questions this time for you. I'm excited. I, I know that uh, something fruitful, productive is going to come out of this. So, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad that people are asking questions yeah. because that's a good sign when, when we just believe, when we just uh, you know, accept it because that's the social norm and that's what everybody thinks. That, that for me, is a sign that, hey, uh, you are you you're not you're not uh, you know it's not coming from your heart mm-hmm. you know for anything to come from your heart you need to have a proper reason for it to be true and the best reason for us to believe what we believe is the word of god so absolutely so our aim or our goal is going to be to try and answer many of these questions if not mm-hmm. all but many of these questions based on what does god's word say what is mm-hmm. God's heart regarding this and what is God's desire regarding this topic? So I'm excited for today. So let's start. Yep, let's start. Ready, get set, go. So the first is, how do I silence my mind when praying if my thoughts are so loud that it's impossible to listen to God? <laughs> we, we, we are starting with a, with a big one. <laughs> it's um, necessary, uh, it's, it becomes very naturally necessary for us to, you know, silence our mind when trying to pray because mm-hmm. uh, prayer is not just uh, talking to God, it's also talking and receiving back receiving from, from Him. God, yeah. And many a times the one thing that stops us from receiving from God is continual uh, bombarding of thoughts in your head when you're, you're praying and you're worried about know what's going to happen after this what's going to happen after you know different things that keep Mm -hmm. coming into your head not only does it stop you from listening to god it also stops you from praying Mm -hmm. within 15 20 minutes you will get bored and you will want to you know because it's not a conversation anymore like it's it's almost like uh you know watching a movie that you're bored of you know Mm -hmm. because you don't you're not engaging with the movie the movie is not making any sense to you you're just watching for the sake of watching and after a while you'll be like hey wait i have better things to do and that's why people find prayer so boring yeah but prayer can be a really interesting process if you engage with god if you're engaging in conversation with god and that pr- that primarily happens when you when you when you work hard to silence your mind and silence your thoughts and of course it's a discipline it's it's not something that you can uh, receive just by somebody praying for you but uh, i think the first thing for you to start doing is to know to probably reprioritize you know mm-hmm. what could be more important than prayer what could mm-hmm. be possibly more important than talking to God? Is there anything like, you know, I, I learned this lesson while uh, 
I I was in a relationship, especially after marriage, because before marriage, uh, Rashmi and I we would talk on the phone, and when I'm talking on the phone with her, I'll be texting, I'll be you know on the computer or doing a lot of things which she wouldn't be aware of, mm-hmm. and we had a completely normal relationship. But after marriage. What happened was she was sitting right in front of me, and mm-hmm. I'll still be texting, and I'll still be on my computer while while I'm talking to her, and it'll just irritate her because she's like, "Hey, you're not giving me complete attention." Exactly. And and that's that's when that's when she asked me this question: What is more important than talking to me right now? Is there you know tell me, is your ministry more important? Is the fact that there is somebody trying to text you more important? Is your uh you know is 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 your score checking more important what could be possibly more important to you right now than talking to me that helped me that question helped me reprioritize all the other things that i had to do at that point and mm-hmm. when when you sit down to prayer if pray especially when you sit down to pray if you can reprioritize things in your head and say wait what are the things that is bothering me right now what are the things that are weighing me down right now mm-hmm. are they as important as i have to you know seek counsel from god are they as important as me wanting to hear god's voice because you know so many times we move on from day to day to day without hearing god's voice and we are wondering why is it that you know i i feel so dry and empty it's because we are not hearing god's voice mm-hmm. the bible says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god yeah and and when when we when we when we are not keen on listening to his voice how will we even hear his voice instead exactly. when we when we mm-hmm. prioritize it and say wow not everything else can wait but i i cannot miss god's voice for one day i can miss food i can miss world cup final i can miss uh you know my family time i can miss everything but i cannot miss hearing god's voice for one day when i when i when that becomes the top priority in your head mm-hmm. and it becomes easy to say no to thoughts that come into you it it becomes easy to say no no to questions and you know all this overload of information that comes into your head you know right now everything is on the same level you know hearing god hearing your spouse hearing mm-hmm. your children mm-hmm. hearing your uh w- boss hearing your colleagues your friends everything is on the same level but the moment you elevate uh hearing god and keeping that at the top priority everything else you it becomes easy to say no to the others you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's it's not that you know they will still not come they will still come but it becomes easy to say no to them and it, and and that is the point where you begin to have exclusive soul communion with god and that is the point also when you begin to hear god's voices i mean yes. from my personal experience uh, every time that i have felt a lack of hearing god it has never been because god has not been speaking you know that's how i interpreted it yes but it's never been because god is not speaking it's always been because i am not listening yeah 100 out of 100 times it's always been very very rarely have i you know you know in fact there was this one time when i was fasting and praying and and i was really desperate to hear of god for something and god said and god god didn't say anything for the entire time and finally god said son i had asked you to do something till the time you don't do that 
there's no point in me giving you something more to do you know and so other than that one or two occasion i have never uh, never seen god being silent it's always been that i am not listening or i am not obeying or it's always been that i am not in line with or I, or my, or or i'm i'm having too many other voices in my head that's always been the reason and i think reprioritizing is mm. the is the greatest key uh, you know will be the will be the most ideal way i can probably answer that question yeah so how do you know that god is talking to you see uh, you how do you sense it mm, see for that you have to also get acquainted with the the voice of god the bible is the voice of the bible yeah. is the language of god mm-hmm. you know in fact i'm writing a book called understanding the silence of god wow. so so one of the entire section is to understand god's language god's language is the word of god you know mm-hmm. we think that speaking in unknown tongues is god's language no god's mm-hmm. language is the word of god the word of god is the that's the voice of god you you have to get acquainted see it's it's like the shirley you know if yeah. if uh, some some for somebody who's listening to this podcast today mm-hmm. uh, for somebody who's been listening to this podcast every day as soon as i start speaking they know who i am they don't need an introduction that this is priji speaking but for your voice they have not been listening to your voice every day yeah so so they i they have to get acquainted to your voice for them to finally oh recognize oh that is shirley and this is priji does it make sense yes yes so so many times we as believers we are acquainted to our pastor's voice we are acquainted to all the other voices but we are not reading our bible when we read our bible day in and day out we get acquainted to god's voice we get acquainted to god's language we we under we you know our heart automatically tunes into um, mm-hmm. the, the language of god mm-hmm. and then when we sit down to pray it's just obvious that you know you will begin to hear god's voice because wow. now you begin to understand what yes, god is trying yes. to say it's not that god was not speaking earlier mm-hmm. but now you begin to otherwise it's just you know normal see right now in this place there is so much of frequencies yes but you need a radio that will understand that language and translate it into our language and mm-hmm. that is what the voice of god that is what the word of god does it understands the heart of god and it translates it into a into yes. a way that we can we can understand and Yeah. So I think the key thing to do for that is to read your bible regularly and that'll that'll really help you know uh, if you're struggling to hear the voice of god Wow that makes it so clear So moving on uh, the guy I'm in a relationship with mm-hmm. is not willing to take a stand for me with his family okay. How do I respond to it and grow in my relationship Wow <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> uh that's a big jump from hearing god to relationship <laughs> advice but uh you know it's um it's sad you know it's very sad when 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 i see um people that are in in a relationship with each other for a long time but but are so cowardly when it comes to taking a stand uh, for their a uh, partner before before you know their parents or their community it's 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 kind of um it it all it's it might be because of various reasons it might be because of it it might be that you might be making a wrong choice in the first place if you if you're not if you've not sought godly advice over your life but 
most times what I have seen is that it's not because you're making a wrong choice. It's just that there is fear of man. Uh, it just, you know, takes over your decision-making capacity to such an extent that all you can see, all you can hear, all you can sense is that, is that you know, if you fight the system, you're going to, you're going to hmm. drown. You know, there's no blessing at all. And so, my perspective is not that you dishonor your parents. Hmm. My perspective is that when, if you are in a place where you have to stand up for your, uh, for your guy or for your girl, you know, for the relationship that you know you feel that you believe for sure that God wants you to be in this relationship, then I think that you should uh, kill that fear of man. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter one verse ten that if if I live to please men and if I live to fear people, I can never be a servant of God. Servant of God, yeah. Yeah. So both are in contradiction. If you want to please people or you want to serve God, you want to fear people or you want to fear God. So, so that is that is from the guy's perspective. Mm. Now, but the question I think is asked by a girl, a who, girl yeah. who who is finding it so hard to believe that the guy is not standing up for her. So I think for her, my my question would be. Do you do, how how sure are you that this is the man that God wants you to, you know, get married to? Yes. Because yes. Uh, I I personally feel that if you if he is not willing to stand up for you right now before marriage, when it is easier, when it is, uh, you know, when you've not even started a life together, when when he's not able to stand up for you for your values and for the things, parental interruption and intervention is gonna is gonna Keep coming all through your throughout life. The life throughout yeah. your life, if if he's not able to do it today, I don't see him doing this ten years later into also, later yeah. into marriage, and and that can be pretty damaging. Mm. That can damage how who is the real head of your house. You know, will your yes. husband be the head of your house, or will your uh, father-in-law be the head of the house? You know, will your uh, will, will will your children look up to your you guys as the main authority in the house, or your parents as the main authority in the house? And it changes the complete dynamic. So my first advice would be recheck if this is really God's will for you. Yes, yes. Check your heart. Check. Go back in prayer and see if this is really, really what God wants you to do. If it is not what God wants you to do. You know, make a full stop right now. It might be hard. It might sound emotionally insensitive, but but uh, bring a full stop right now. There's no question about growing in the relationship yeah. if if, uh, if this is not you know something that is going to be a life lo- lifelong investment. But if you're a hundred percent sure that this is the guy, then I think conversation will help. Uh, yes, I think um, many a times guys can be really really dumb. Uh, and uh, I, I I don't mind saying that because I know how <laughs> how I think and you know sometimes they they just don't sense or understand things the way a woman yes. uh, a woman yes. a woman would understand this as uh, wow he's not standing up for me and a guy would just see it as oh this is a temporary problem it'll go away it'll, it'll, go, with, uh, it'll yeah. go away it's not something that's that's a, so I think conversations will really really help so. Uh, Many of the things that I I learned in marriage with uh, are things that I have learned with conversations, mm. not something that I have uh, 
uh, sensed or had a revelation of it on my own that oh wait I think Rashmi needs this or I know I think this is where I'm going wrong it's all things that I have caught through conversations with her that hey this is what I'm doing wrong so so sometimes it's just an honest conversation with with the with your fiance or with the guy that you're in a relationship with that can you know help sort the problems out but uh, but don't leave it at this point. I mean, don't leave it hanging right now and, and be passive about it or not do anything about it because if you don't do anything about it right mm-hmm. now, it is it is going down big time. So you know, trust God and at the same time have conversations and, and, uh, and see and ask God if this is really is the guy that you want to uh, get into marriage with, want to, want to be in a lifelong relationship with and that will really help you uh, you know mm-hmm. no and at the end of the day you're it's not your guy who has who who will vindicate you it's not your parents or his parents who will vindicate you it's god who will vindicate you so make sure to you know uh, do your part but take it all back to god don't yes don't uh, let your circumstances decide or you know dictate uh, how your relationship is going to look like you take it all to god let god have the final say in your relationship at all times and it'll always help yes now this is um, kind of in sync with the last question mm-hmm. in pastor vijay and virginia's po- podcast mm-hmm. they mentioned about enjoying singleness i want to do that but i'm not able to enjoy it how can i overcome the same Oh, that's, uh, that's, I, I, I think I know what podcast uh, the person is yeah. referring to. Uh, Pastor Vijayan, we've been doing a series on preparing for marriage. Mm-hmm. And so Pastor Vijayan, Virginia, they did a podcast, uh, they were on the interview, we were interviewing them and they were talking about how they taught their church to enjoy singleness before talking about relationship or dating you know uh, how it's important to enjoy singleness and thank you for asking this question and you know i think i think right now i'm not in a good place to answer that because i'm no longer <laughs> single but i i do con- con- continually uh, engage into conversations with single people you know just to get into their head just to understand what they mm-hmm. what's what what are their challenges and you know what are the things that and i know that you know being being single especially at a marriageable age or especially at an age where everybody around you is getting married and everybody around you is has a boyfriend or a girlfriend is not very easy yeah and it is very challenging it's very tempting to make the wrong choices at the same time it is very uh, you know you know you're almost filled with that anxiety you know especially if you're a girl and and you're you know crossing that marriageable age the acceptable marriageable age and you know it can be very traumatizing i i completely understand what you're feeling right now but uh, i think that the um, the fact about enjoying singleness is not to say that uh, singleness is easy it is to say that when you when you develop your relationship with jesus when you develop your relationship with god everything becomes uh, beautiful our greatest mod- model or the best example that we have uh, 
of singleness is Jesus himself. You know, Jesus was yes. a single man. And yes. if you, let's not talk about other people like Paul. Or Jesus himself was a single person. And, and there was not a single point in his life when uh, you will feel that he was feeling lonely or he was frustrated or depressed and the bible say and and he was not aloof of human temptations he the bible says that he had he was tempted in every way that we are today so that he can sympathize with our weaknesses so he wow. understands every single thing he understands mm. what it means to uh, you know when your friend has you know multiple relationships and you still don't have even one and and, and you know that guy doesn't deserve that girl and that girl deserve, doesn't deserve that guy and still they're having all of that and he understands how that feeling is in his head because you know he was a single guy and there were people around him who were you know having good and bad relationships at the same time and, and uh, he knew how you know so looking at Jesus is is probably the the best way to understand that you can be a single person and still enjoy so that brings me to the question how did jesus enjoy his singleness you know what did jesus do to enjoy his his personal life uh, you know there are many people who quote this verse from the old testament that says it's not good for man to be alone mm. and if you look at the life of jesus jesus was not alone at no point in his life was he alone even when he'll be all by himself in the wilderness, he was never ever alone. He always had an in-depth relationship with the Father. He always knew how to walk in the Spirit. He knew all, always knew how to be led by the Spirit. And I think be, being a single person uh, becomes very easy when you are, you know, continually engaging in a relationship with God. You're continually soaking yourself in God. I mean, you have all the time in the world. If you're a single person, you don't have to buy groceries for your wife, for your <laughs> husband. You don't have to cook for your family. Rashmi, you are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, from, from my, my personal perspective, because before marriage, I had all the time in the world. I would yeah. be, you know, I was so regular in my blogging. I was so regular in my... I would never miss an appointment. I would never be late to church. You know, all of these things. It was so easy before marriage, uh, because I had all the time in the world, and you know, and and there are, and of course, you know, it's a, it, it's not just a duty or a responsibility. It's something that I enjoy doing when I spend time with my wife and my children. So these are things that you know. These are the being single is like the only time when you you can actually pray all through the night without your kids crying out uh, and interrupting your prayer and uh, so this is a beautiful phase of your life i will say the best way to enjoy your singleness is to invest into your relationship with god you know absolutely yeah whatever you invest your life into right now is what will unfold for the rest of your rest life rest of your life you know like yeah. if you spend the first 3 4 5 years of your life uh, studying in a university in a college picking up skills and uh, computer languages and all of that for your entire career that, that you're going to be doing for 30, 40 years. I think it's perfectly all right for you to spend three, four years. I'm not saying it's less time or more time, but to spend time enjoying singleness in the presence of God, seeking the heart of God, knowing God more, you know, going deeper, growing deeper in a relationship with God to such an extent that, wait, you know, 
during this when the 30 years 40 years later when you look back you will still be using principles that you learned when you were uh, you know in your single days mm. you know, so that's that's i think other than that i don't know what's the other better way to enjoy singleness i think uh, being being with god is the best uh, solution to you know and of course develop godly friends around you you know yes. don't uh, they, don't they, don't um don't isolate yourself from people you know, develop godly friends around you hang out with them have godly conversations and all of them helps but the primary thing is to you know indulge in a relationship with god that is so deep and so profound that you know it'll it'll bless you for the rest of your life you know that's that's what i think because even today some of the most blessed revelations that i still preach on or i teach on are things that was born during my single days not just my single days but during my lonely days mm. when i had absolutely no friends when i had mm-hmm. moved to bangalore and uh, and i had you know people in mumbai thought i have a lot of friends here people in bangalore thought i have a lot of friends in mumbai and you know i was all by myself and you know god was with me and i was just you know getting to know god in a way that i have never known him before and and that was like the best phase of my relationship with god uh, of course i know him better today i'm not saying that i've stopped knowing him now that i'm married but that there was a time of deep investment and you know mm-hmm. times that i will always always cherish yeah single word single yeah. word <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we have the oh we have a very interesting question here okay how can i lead like jesus when i'm surrounded by a bunch of idiots at work <laughs> i think i know who asked this question <laughs> but <laughs> uh, this is this is funny lot of corporate guys go through it <laughs> yeah lot of corporate guys go through it um how do i lead like jesus when i'm surrounded by um uh, idiots at my workplace uh, i i'll try not to mention the name of the guy or the girl <laughs> just just so that his friends at work uh, don't get offended but don't uh, get to know they are the idiots <laughs> <in the end>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um now i i think uh, it it will help us to understand that jesus had a lot of idiots around him you know uh-huh. let's i mean just just check who are the people that jesus was hanging out with even his disciples for that matter you know they sometimes acted the most foolish that that could ever be you know uh, they would be out of uh, jesus had just fed 5000 people and and they and they are crossing over to the other side of the river and and they are wondering hey is jesus upset because we didn't bring food didn't they have common sense to understand <laughs> if jesus can feed 5000 people feeding 12 people is not too difficult for yeah. him you would see them making stupid comments over and over again at one point two guys came to jesus and said jesus these guys they are not listening to us should we just call down fire from heaven and and <laughs> and extinguish the whole city and jesus was like guys wait i, I am love I, you've been with me day in and day out i have been teaching you if somebody slaps you on your one side you you know and and you come to me and you ask me do you want to call down fire from heaven and kill the whole city i mean jesus was surrounded with people who mm-hmm. who didn't understand his heart you know but you would see how jesus so graciously he 
he led them he when he had to be strong he did become strong it was not like he he was never uh, you know never strong in his uh, address there were sometimes when once when he called peter uh, you satan get behind me you know stuff like yeah, that and yeah. there was another time when he rebuked his disciples for their lack of faith so there are times when he became strong towards them and yet you would see that he his what actually Uh, transformed the disciples was the fact that Jesus was patient with them if Jesus would have given up on any one of them because of their idiotic questions or behavior during that you know three and a half years of even at that point when Judas came to Jesus and and you know he knew that he's about to betray Jesus still didn't give up on him Jesus said yes. you know Jesus still hugged and kissed them when he came back because he knew that you know he knew that hey wait that how this person behaves shouldn't change my character my character is that i i am jesus i am love i am i am called to be like my father and irrespective of how people around me behave it doesn't at all change who i am you know when yes. when i know who i am i it doesn't matter if uh, people are being unjust to me it doesn't matter just because they are unjust to me uh doesn't mean i take a you know whip and you know start killing each and every one of them or start going crazy at them i still i still feel secure about who i am and i still will function according to the description of who i am who i am is a child of god who i am is somebody who is imitating to be like jesus to be like god in every sphere of my life and and if that means that sometimes i have to humble myself and not talk i'll do that if that means that sometimes when everybody is silent and and is about to make a very unrighteous decision i have to you know speak up and actually risk my promotion i have to still do it because yes. I, at that point i'm not uh, you know being uh, led by the people around me i'm led by who i am that yes. is that i'm called to be like jesus i'm called to lead like jesus and Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful question but you know i think it'll really help when we when we study the gospels especially mm-hmm. the gospels and see how jesus led the disciples and how jesus was very intentional about loving his disciples leading his disciples and at the same time being patient with them and and waiting for them to change and you know and some of them didn't change even after jesus rose again from the dead mm-hmm. uh, but still he was patient and still he didn't give up on them that's why they ended up being you know world changers as they did and i hope yeah. that god will use some of us you know in the same way yes don't worry brother god knows your heart yeah of <laughs> course yeah so we almost uh, the time is up for us but then i feel like taking the last question sure go ahead so is it okay to take ayurveda homeopathy and yoga to help my physical health and fitness needs um that is that is an important question um, though i i feel that you know i could talk about it for at least in the next 15 20 minutes <laughs> and how yeah. it you know the very fact that you know they they are not something that mm, they are natural if yes. it is natural or if it is scientific or if it is something that you can explain away you know, with science like for example when i go to a doctor or when i go for a surgery there is a scientific explanation to what is going to happen and and how they're going to treat me 
but when there is something that is not physically explainable by science mm-hmm. i feel that there is an involvement of a spiritual element there and any spiritual element that is involved it can be in ayurveda it can be in yoga it can be in homeopathy any place where there is a spiritual element involved where you don't know the ingredients of it where you don't know you know how is it that you're getting healed and how is it that it's going to it's going to help you i think you have to tread with caution because mm-hmm. you might just be you know walking into a spiritual territory and you know at all times you have to see this is this is where the enemy tries to counterfeit the bible says i jesus god said in the old testament nexodus i am the god that healeth you i am the lord your healer yeah. and the enemy tries to counterfeit it by giving us alternative sources like reiki by yoga by uh, you know giving us homeopathy ayurveda and saying these are the things that will heal you you know and and i i think that is where we our our trust on god is is questioned i mean the same question can be asked if, uh, if you if you ask me is it wrong to go to a hospital you know yes. to to see uh medical help i i feel that it is not wrong to go to a hospital but at least it's not that you're not trusting in god but also the fact that hey it, there is no spiritual element involved here you know if yes. if i help yes. you from the knowledge that god has given me that god has blessed me with if i help you with from that knowledge and say hey Uh, avoid this don't eat this don't eat that okay there is this 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 available why don't you use this to you know mm-hmm, better mm-hmm. your condition that is not wrong that is not distrusting god but going to another spirit you know because god is a spirit going to another spirit to mm-hmm. seek an answer to seek a help and to seek a healing for your life for your body especially i think that is that is where i wouldn't want to uh going to you know uh, yeah. i i would definitely run to god for healing the first place but if uh, nothing helps i don't mind good taking medicine but you know i would never want to uh, like like that was a temptation that um, you know jesus was faced with on that mountain top you yes. know satan yes. said you just bow down and worship me and mm-hmm. i will give you all all of these in and it becomes very easy it's a shortcut that the enemy is giving you you just bow down to him you just take what he is offering and you will get your healing you will get your blessing and it's an easy way out but i think it's it's much better to wait on god to believe his promises and to trust him and uh, you know you might be listening to this podcast you might be suffering with whatever disease you're suffering with but let me release this word over your life that god says that i am the god that healeth you if i am the god that healeth you then you don't need anybody else you don't even need your pastor to come and pray for you you don't even need your you know your regular medications to help you you know you don't need to uh, resort to unwanted uh, stuff like ayurveda or yoga or homeopathy which you know can yeah. have spiritual sources behind it uh you don't have to resort to them you can just go to god and just believe the fact that i am the god that healed you so if you're listening to us right now why don't you just agree with us right now and we're going to agree over your body over your life and we're going to believe and we're going to pray mm-hmm. that you will receive a healing right now that whatever condition you're struggling with whatever physical challenge you have 
will be healed. Every pain, every ache will leave, every swelling, it will disappear in the name of Jesus. Every, uh, every bone issue will be, will be mended right now. Even as you're listening to this voice, you'll receive complete healing. And uh, I also see somebody whose mother in a different country is, is struggling, is struggling with health issues. And as you receive this word, your mother is being healed because he is the God that, that heals you. And, and just, just, re just receive this word of your life. Let's pray together. Father, we, we just agree and we just believe that every single person that is listening to us right now will have a testimony of your healing power working in their body right now. They will have a testimony of your healing power working in their family. They will have a testimony of your healing power working in their, uh, in their life, Lord. And, and I believe and I believe and I believe your word and I release that word upon your children. Yes. I am the Lord that healeth you. I am the Lord, your healer. And Lord, we just send that word into every home, every car, every, uh, every place, every city that, that this, this podcast is going into. And we believe that people will experience divine healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for hearing our Amen. prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you are blessed, if you have a testimony, if you, if you received a healing, if you were the one that we were praying for, do write back to us and we'd love to... Uh, praise God along with you and uh, that's awesome I, I think we should do more of these yes we should do more of these we almost covered all the questions thank you so much Pastor Priji I thoroughly enjoyed the question answer session I enjoyed them I enjoyed <laughs> them as much as you did and, and I think it's a good good practice that we do to ask questions in you know yes yeah. better than being in doubt better than being in doubt yeah. at all points definitely yes definitely. if you have any more questions do write to us at info at pastorpriji.com or connect with us at facebook twitter instagram whichever is convenient to you so god bless you all and we'll get back with you soon